I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Today on Let's Get Moving, I want to talk about the holiday season and better managing our stress. We all know it's coming, but I don't think we plan very well, and I don't think we manage very well. With me today is Dr. Liz Hale. She's a psychologist specializing in marriage and family therapy. And Dr. Liz, just talk about the season. It's just such a busy time. I know as a working mom, this was just the toughest time of year for me. What can we do better in our lives to maybe manage this stress? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, when I when I think of working with couples, Maria, I think of the top five causes of conflict, right? And that is uh, money, sex, time, in-laws, and children. And so during the holiday season, many of those things are amplified, <laughs> right? Having to deal with the, the in-laws and extended family, what a blessing that is, but it just adds that much more stress. So I suppose the first thing I, w- I would love to tell our listeners is that conflict is natural. Conflict is inevitable and stress is. We really don't get through life without it. But there are some things we can do to minimize that stress. But first and foremost, knowing that it's completely natural. There has to be that opposition or, or there really is no life. And why is there opposition? Because we're not perfect. You know what I mean? So if we do that, then we kind of take away sort of the guilt or our feelings that we aren't doing enough or aren't good enough. The shame of the conflict. I think so many couples think that, oh, my gosh, if we're not getting along, if we're in gridlock and conflict, there must be something wrong with us. Maybe we're not well matched. Maybe we should think about making a new decision here on the marriage even. Maybe we need to be divorced instead of just realizing, wait a minute, this is inevitable. So instead of just dealing with the moment of stress, they make it a bigger, a bigger deal almost. We do make it a bigger deal. So I suppose the first key would be to how do we, how do we live our lives around the holidays in such a way that um, less is more so that we don't add to the stress of life as it already is? How do we minimize a bit? How do we deal with our expectations of perfection? You know, it really is okay to want things to be nice, to want a Christmas dinner to be special. Where we get into trouble is the thinking that this has to be perfect or, or all is lost. It's a complete failure. <laughs> so go for nice, go for good enough. I was sitting there just recently thinking about my own Christmas dinner since my husband and I are hosting, and I started to just get super anxious especially about the meat. I don't know what it is about the meat of the meal. I'm not a gourmet chef. I'm not even a chef, Maria. <laughs> and I, I suddenly dawned on me that I've got to take a, a page out of my own notebook and just have it be good enough. I just want the meal to be good enough. Let's do turkey breast. Let's keep it hot and moist. And let's focus on the dessert. 
<laughs> suddenly all of that just seemed to go away. It's like, you know what, I'm going to have I'm going to have it be good enough. So maybe lower our expectations a bit. <laughs> Work on perfectionism. You know, we see it everywhere, right? I mean, I was noticing even the Hallmark movies. They those Christmas movies are decked out left to right. It's beautiful to see. Oh my goodness. And with social media, even I think now more than ever, we we are Christmas decor on steroids. It's, it's steroids. It's, it's amazing to see and perhaps be willing to even do less. Maybe the focus is, will be on the Christmas tree. Um, planning ahead is really key. You know, this year, decorating that Christmas tree in my home became much easier because I started in February. And why I started in February is because last December, when I set up the tree, we had burned out lights and not enough ribbon of what I liked. So I thought, I'm going to learn from that, and I'm going to plan ahead. <laughs> so because it was February, and I ordered ribbon and got the tree relit, the, the lights restrung, I guess is how you say it, um, things went much better this year. So it's okay to even plan now for next Christmas. Sometimes it takes that much planning. Just so funny, like you talked about that. Our tree's up, and I'm like, well, we haven't had time to decorate it. <laughs> but it's a lit tree, and my husband said, you know what? It looks beautiful the way it is. Ah, that's beautiful, yes. And being willing to have things be different this year, right? Maybe you're not getting out the ornaments that have sentimental value, but it can still be a beautiful tree. I see a lot of families really get stuck in their traditions, but we've always done it this way. You know, and boy, talk about a stressor to always have things be the, the way they were, even though things are not the way they always have been. <laughs> you know, some families are really struggling this year with, with loss and grief in our own community. We know that. In my own practice, I have couples who are separated, who are getting together for the first time at Christmas when they've been separated for several months. And it's not easy. So things are not the same. And when things are not the same, I really recommend those families and couples do something very novel. Maybe you go up to the mountains and go snowshoeing um, or do something different. Maybe you go to the soup kitchen and work with the homeless. Do something that's out of the norm because things are different. Things are out of the norm now. Right. I told you in our family it's going to be that way because my, one of my children have left home. And that's a hard time when your kids start to leave. And, like, the reason we haven't decorated the trees because he's not here to do it. That's right. And that would be Jonathan's deal, right? He would be the one that would be decorating. Right. So think about now this year, how are we going to celebrate with Jonathan? Are we going to put him on Skype, you know, or FaceTime? And how can he be with us? And what can we help him do there so that he has a new novel Christmas, but, but a Christmas nonetheless? So another key. Give us another tip. Yes. All right. So besides wondering, realizing that conflict is natural and that good enough is enough, you know, as a, as a couple, think about buying less and sharing more. The, the focus of Christmas is love. Let's, let's not confuse giving gifts with giving love, right? Um, it's the experiences and not the expenses of Christmas that children remember. It's the time you spent with them. It's getting on the floor and playing and, and being silly and being present with them. That would be the biggest gift we could give them. Is our right, because next year they're not going to even remember what you gave them. No, but guess what we'll remember as a couple? We'll remember the debt. <laughs> we'll remember the expense of it and not so much the experience. So please do your children a great service by sticking to a budget, by really doing less, buying less, and giving more of your heart. You know, I was so touched with um, a love letter that was read at the funeral of um, the officer who passed away in the line of duty, Officer David Romrell. 
um, Elizabeth Romwell had this beautiful love, love letter that we were all privy to about her feelings of this great husband. And I'm sure they had other love letters in their, their eight years of marriage. Um, but so many of us wait to express our love to someone that we care deeply about until it's too late, you know, until we're reading a letter at, at, at their funeral. So be willing to, to learn from Elizabeth Romwell as well and that beautiful love story they had of sharing those sentiments in a letter at Christmas. It could be even not even just a spouse, but to a child. And I learned that from being at church working with youth that I, this one gal said, you know what I want for Christmas most? And she's a teenager. She said, I, I, I want someone to write me a letter just about how they feel about me. I don't know if she was referring to her teachers or her parents, but um, that always remained with me. It's like, I want, I want to know how someone feels about me. So sharing a letter, it could be with extended family. I was thinking of cousins today who live here in Utah. And I think, I think so highly of them, more like my sisters, but I have never expressed that to them, I bet. Certainly not in a letter. And I'm thinking more about doing that this year, of really writing down my thoughts. Because we keep those things, and they remind us year after year so of those wonderful memories and how people feel about us. Mm-hmm. Talk about for a minute, it's such a busy time of year. We're already busy people running around to and fro, and then you add in the baking, the cooking, the present buying, and all of those other things. Right. What are your thoughts on just trying to find the positives in Christmas rather than <laughs> getting so caught up and running to and fro? I, I think we need to be flexible in the festivities. Again, I, I would really, I, I love to encourage my families and couples to, to do less instead of more. And they get more out of Christmas by just slowing down a notch, by being still, um, by just enjoying the lights and the beauty and maybe making one favorite treat instead of all 10 of them. You know, it's okay to do, to do less. It really is okay. And I think within that, we enjoy more and we certainly enjoy people. Things get in the way. You know, things and words and stuff, they get in the way between two people. So really think about how you can simplify your life. How you can simplify either the festivities, the entertaining, the gift buying, and and enjoy and see how less really is more. Challenge yourself. And Dr. Liz, any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? I would just say, give yourself permission to celebrate less and be still more. Don't get paralyzed by the perfect or the prescribed. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.